Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Oh my gosh, we're out of practice of how to do this when we're not live. (laughs) Well, I said, hey, I started. (laughs) I think you said it while the thing was saying recording in progress. (laughs) Oh, love that new feature. How was your uh, 24-hour trip home? (laughs) Mm, Not pleasant. You left really right after the race on Sunday because yeah, you I, to I, I took about an hour and a half after, after I got the bike cleaned up and the van packed, I took about an hour and a half and then, and then drove 10 hours and then slept for four and then drove 13. And like the best story was like, I camped right outside of Sheridan, Wyoming. And of course, when I woke up, it was like, 47 degrees. So I was in a sweatshirt and sweatpants and all cozy in my van. And I filled up a little bit later in a little further down in Wyoming where it was 55 degrees. And I was like, ah, you know, enjoying the weather, enjoying the drive at that point. And then had to fill up again outside of Hayes, Kansas and stepped out of the van into a 97 feels like 103 degree furnace. <laughs> I'm like, we're not in Montana anymore. I was like, Oh God. Yeah. That I forgot about that. So, and it was hot and windy and awful all the way across that Western Kansas portion. That was just like killer. Yeah. And the other truth is, and I hate to admit this because I know you like to make fun of me for being short because I am short, but in that van, my feet don't really touch the floor. <laughs> So, so my left leg can be fine. Cause I can actually like put it up on the door, you know, like, like you have to touch the the dash a little bit and get some elevation to it. But my right foot was like an ankle were completely swollen when I was done. Cause it just, it just kind of hangs. So it was just hanging there for basically 23 hours oh. minus four. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. But endurance cycling that mindset translates. It works for endurance driving too. <laughs> I was thinking of you when I drove all the way 
to Seattle, which was only eight all and a half the hours. way. Whatever. Was, well, I was supposed to drive all the way back to Denver and then fly. So I was thankful that the rental car got changed. But um, and you were still like, still got like four hours to go, and I had driven eight hours that day. Which, by the way, the top of like from where we were in Whitefish over through Coeur d'Alene is gorgeous. Isn't that I drove to the bottom. beautiful? I drove to the bottom of Idaho before and it was just brown. It wasn't that pretty. And I was like, why is everybody bragging about Idaho? And I came across the yeah. Montana border into Idaho and I was like, holy crap, this is gorgeous. Yeah. It's really pretty up there for sure. Really pretty. So, so. on the, yeah. definitely on the list to head back to Coeur d'Alene, but it's turning into fall here already. I have my cozy hoodie on. It's not anywhere <laughs> close. We're hundred degrees and super humid for another, like at least two weeks. So sorry about that. <sighs> yeah. Um, well, I think I found an apartment. Did you go, did you go small or did you go big? <laughs> it's probably the size of your van. It's a I think that you're going to enjoy that. It's so tiny. I haven't lived in such a tiny place in years, but I did enjoy it when I lived there. It's just like the mindset of, cause I work from home, like, you know, when there's not, cause I always had an office as my guest room mm-hmm. from home, but I did get rid of a ton of stuff. Yeah. So I found this like super tiny place, but it's in this amazing location and an old house that's turned into this to six apartments, which is more of what I like than the big mm-hmm. complexes. And I don't know, it just felt a little too quick to buy anything out here Yeah, with not knowing exactly where I want to be. So I think I'm going to do it. I think it's exciting. And I think you'll find little neighborhood cute places to go work during the day. So you can kind of break up your day. And yeah, you know, I mean, obviously not zoom calls, but the, the biggest problem is I don't know where to put all my bikes. Yeah. My brother was like, you can hang him on the wall. So I just have to figure out, I mean, out. literally the kitchen is the size of my brother and sister-in-law's pantry, but my brother was like, well, you don't cook anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was like, nice. fair point. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. But it was a pretty, it was a really fun road trip. If people haven't gotten to go see some of our videos and listen to <sighs> our podcast, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. We're already planning 2022. Good. Yeah. But we, we actually recorded today's interview mm. before we left on this road trip, but we didn't release it because it was one of it's, I say they're all, but this is really one of the, my favorite interviews that we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, it, it, I mean, it's one of the more important ones we've ever done. And, and, um, you know, Abby Robbins is who we have on today and they were the first non-binary transgender, um, winner at unbound and, and they, they won the 100 mile distance and, um, Abby is incredibly well-spoken, um, knows, knows, uh, their stuff. And it's, um, Abby just finished testifying in front of the Texas house. Yeah. Cause they're so. uh, passing some of those, I think, transgender youth laws. That's the mm-hmm. problem with us being on this two week road trip. I'm really 
a little bit behind. Yeah. A little bit behind. And I was actually looking at the headlines today on CNN and it was like the stuff in Afghanistan, COVID, and then something about Wendy's fries. And I was like, what? Wendy's <laughs> <laughs> fries. Um, yeah, this yeah. interview with Abby is fantastic. Uh, they are really fun to talk to. And we had a really fun discussion about the Enneagram at the end. Yes. <laughs> I'm an eight. <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> this is an example of Christy as an eight. In Whitefish, we discovered it was going to rain and we were supposed to do this brunch <laughs> outside. And I was like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. You know, Christy's like, I found this community center. I got us in, but we have to decide today. Poor Jess is out like marking the course. We have to make a decision. So we we just made this like call and set everything up. (laughs) So (laughs) it was amazing. I'm bringing Christy everywhere that we do any kind of organizational thing. Just get out of my way. I got it. And I I was, I was letting everybody work through their process. I I held my tongue for a while while we were working through things. And I was like, can we just get a community center? We had like an hour to decide. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because they, they're only open open until until 2 PM and it was Friday at like noon. And yeah, we had to, we had to make the call, but. Yeah. And Jess was like completely out of cell service marking the course. It worked out. It worked out. It it was, we would have not had a brunch outside. It worked out so well. And what a rejuvenating Saturday that was, you know, a bunch of women, like 60 of us out riding our bikes in the mud and rain. And just, you know, we were like, should we turn around? And all of everybody was like, no, let's go. And you know, just dang it. That yeah. was awesome. And then coming back to the brunch, which was really fun. So yeah, we did discover a- that my hair is the color of gravel. It is that your hair. Good. Well, Montana gravel, at least Montana gravel. Yeah. Not, not, Oklahoma gravel, but definitely Montana (laughs) gravel. Um, but it was really great. And there were lots of, um, it was really cool because of the number of like pro riders that were on that ride. And then your journey person athletes that were also on that ride and watching them just mingle and meet and talk and realizing how many things we all just truly have in common. So good stuff. It was a lot of fun. There was one woman on Sunday at the race that said, I forgot that there were men here (laughs) between all the things. (laughs) Like she had traveled out with her female team. And then, and I was like, score, because how many times have you gone to an event and been like desperately looking around for the other women? Yeah, exactly. So it's good stuff. Anyway, we'll stop babbling and get onto our interview with Abby Robbins. Hey friends, we don't want chafing to keep you on the sideline from riding your bike. So we're bringing you some good news about chamois butter. Shammy Better has come on as one of the sponsors of the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. They've been making chamois cream for over 30 years, and they've got tons of five-star reviews. So if you have ever been to your bike shop, you've probably seen that iconic purple and yellow tube. There are several different versions, including the original, the pH neutral, her, tingly Euro style, which I'm very intrigued by, (laughs) and coconut with certified organic ingredients. They've got a special for our Girls Gone Gravel listeners. You can head over to chamoisbutter.com and you get free shipping on any orders of two tubes or more. They also have really fun limited edition merch, which I've got their cool chamois butter sweatshirt. These things, I wear this sweatshirt all the time. It's one of my favorites to wear. It's very soft and very warm. I could say if you get any of their chamois butter gear, you will definitely stand out in a crowd. When we were at 
uh, an event a couple of years ago, a guy had a Shamey Better kit on and everybody knew who he was. Like everybody was cheering for him. So if you want to stand out, go over, get your two tubes of Shamey Better, get your free shipping, and then find some cool swag and merch. Yep. I think that sounds like a great idea. Christy, we have a new sponsor on the podcast. Joe J. Bars has come on as one of our sponsors. Shut up. Joe J. Bars are the best. I know. We both got to try them after the founder of, of Joe J. Bars, Jess Sarah, came on the podcast and she sent us a sample box. Uh, which one was your favorite? Uh, my favorite was lemon blueberry quinoa, which I was not expecting. How about yeah. you? Uh, mine was the pancakes and bacon. Which tastes just like pancakes and bacon. It tastes just like pancakes and bacon. And it's great. <laughs> It's great to use on the bike or if I'm running late or trying to get out the door for a ride, which usually I'm running late and trying to get out the door. Uh, <laughs> I just grab it and have breakfast on the way. Yep. They taste good and you know, they're good for you too. Jess is a chef and an athlete and she's not putting anything in her bars that she wouldn't put in her own body. Yeah. So they're all gluten-free. They don't use any artificial flavors or protein powders. It's all uh, formulated just for you for training or riding or just any adventure that you've got going on and knowing Jess I bet she sent you a code she did so <laughs> listeners of the podcast can can go to jojbars.com and use the coupon code gravel love 15 that's all lowercase gravel love 15 for 15 percent off all your orders nice I'm gonna get some before we go on our next gravel trip agreed hi Christy hello how are you do you like my sexy voice? I've had a I, little head cold. You, your sexy voice and you're talking like you're at, on a speed play on the record. <laughs> so. I, I am. I am. Our poor guest. I usually give the <laughs> spiel about how everything starts. And I'm like, because ah! um, my sister-in-law gave me real Sudafed, which is apparently the stuff that's good for meth. So you can sell it on the street. I'm not <laughs> selling it on the street. I took it because I've had this head cold. Um, so. oh God. <laughs> this is going to be a good one, folks. Just no, we support our podcast. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> but she goes, oh, it gives you a lot of energy. Yeah, it does. I took it at <laughs> six o'clock this morning. It's two 30 in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> but we've both been so excited about today's guest. Very, very excited. So we have with us, Abby Robbins. Hi, Abby. Hi y'all. Um, Welcome. Yeah, I'm stoked. <laughs> it's been a bit. I haven't seen you for a couple months. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's been a weird few months. <laughs> Life has yeah. kind of uh, blown up since well, the last time I saw you. <laughs> I know. I, I love the how things work out. And in case our guests, our listeners don't know, our guest today, Abby Robbins, was our first transgender champion for the 100 mile at Unbound Gravel this year. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, it worked out really well with Abby having to come back to get her award because we got to sp pay special attention to yeah. them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's been kind of crazy since then. Um, I didn't, I did not, I did not show up at Unbound to, um, to get everything that I've gotten since uh, crossing the finish line. I will say that much. <laughs> you, de you definitely made a history. Okay. But first I want to make sure that we're just, we're clear. Cause what, what were your preferred pronouns, Abby? Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we might screw that up. Just tell us if we do. Yeah. Um, 
Um, all, we said the same good. thing when Rach was on, like, sorry. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So we want to hear about your history making Unbound, but first just tell us how you got into cycling and gravel. Like what's your story? Um, well, it's a short one. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I started like cycling, like in earnest, um, in June of 2020. I thought you were going to uh, say 2021. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that crazy. Like I might be a little off, but I'm not, I'm not that, that mm-hmm. intense. So, so um, you were a pandemic cycler. Yeah. Pandemic cyclist. I, um, I, my other work, um, I'm a, I'm an Enneagram teacher and coach and I finished my first book on June 1st. And when I got, uh, when I got the second half of my advance, I was like, Hmm, I have a lot of time now that has just opened up in my life. Now that I'm not writing 24 seven and I have a little bit of money. So I think I'm going to buy a bike. Uh, and so I started like researching bikes and what kind of bike I wanted. Um, and I actually stumbled across Unbound while I was doing that research. And I, I, I live in Austin right now, but I actually grew up in Kansas. And so I was really like, I was really intrigued by Unbound and like riding through the Flint Hills. And all, I was like, I was like, I want to do that. Like what kind of bike lets me do that? Um, and so I, I, I got a bike and I was like, I'm going to do unbound next year. Like, I'm just like, that was like my goal in buying this bike was to actually like do this race. I thought I could do 200, but I found out very quickly that I, that was going to be more than I could handle, (laughs) but, um, yeah, that's basically my cycling story. It's like, <laughs> uh, there it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause sometimes people think they have to work up so far to do like a big event and you did the 100. Correct? Yes, I did the 100. So not, um, n- not, not the, like, not the big race and not the big, big race, but the like still a big race. Yeah. It's, it's still, still a big race. Still that's really all hard. I would <laughs> do there. If I yeah. do a race there. That, that is my least favorite thing is when people say, I only did the 25 or I only did the 50 or I only did the 100. And, you know, I'm always just like, no, that's, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can attest to that. It was pretty, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you like bought the bike knowing you wanted to do this event. And that was before <laughs> Lifetime announced like they were going to have a non-binary category. Did you know that when you no. signed up, you were going to have that category? No, I had no idea. Um, you know, I I was just kind of like interested in having a project and a goal. Like I had had, um, you know, I'd had this like really big goal in writing the book and doing all this work. And I don't do super well with unstructured time in my life. And so like, I really felt like I wanted to have like, a project and something to work towards, like, even if it was kind of far away, you know, being a year away. Um, and so my focus was just like, I want to try and train and do this. And I did some other local races and I went to Oklahoma for a race and, you know, I, I, I didn't expect much in terms of like, you know, queer and trans representation, like that, 
that would have been great but like that that never even really crossed my mind um and then unbound sent that email like after registration and i was like oh that's amazing i want that <laughs> yeah but it wasn't something i had like intended or like planned on it was just um I mean, it was like a happy coincidence, yeah, really. It's <clears throat> such a great way for it to work out. <laughs> yeah, right. Most randomness of ways. Like it's just proof that, you know, really the universe is going to, is going to put it out there the way it needs, it needs it to happen. And you yeah. just got to roll with it. So. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. And I was so stoked that you weren't far away, that you could come back to. to yeah. Award. So. Yeah. Personally, because that's, you know, that was the part I was looking forward to the most was when, because we made, you know, we made those awards on my back porch and branded each of those. And I was like, this is the, these are the ones for the non-binary champs. And I like, I'm the one that branded those. We took them off to finish them up. And I was just like, I wanted to put that in your hands. So it was really, you know, mailing it would have been one thing, but it was really, really cool to, to be able to to put it in your hands so okay you're jumping ahead on the story I'm sorry (laughs) but that's super cool that's like (laughs) that makes me feel like super like that's that's really awesome um and for people who don't know the story like I I mean like when I say that like I wasn't expecting anything like from these races like I I didn't know I was gonna get a a trophy like I didn't know I was gonna get to stand on a podium and all this stuff right like I I was just out there riding my bike um and so literally the only thing I was concerned about after I crossed the finish line was like I need food right now (laughs) like I need food and I need a beer like this that's all I'm concerned about um and yeah and so it was super funny like you reached out to me on Instagram like Mm -hmm. like a couple like a day after um, and my family lives in Kansas city. And so we were hanging out and we hadn't planned to go home until like Tuesday. And you were like, come back if you can, but we'll mail it. And yeah, we actually got to drive back through Emporia on our way home. And, um, yeah, you did get to give it to me. And it was like, it was, it was a, um, like a really unexpected treat, um, you know, to have you there and, and, and the crew and like setting up the little background and getting to be on a podium and, and yeah, that was just like, not something I would have expected like in my wildest dreams. Um, but it was such a, like an awesome experience. Um, when your daughters got to see it, that to me, you know, that to me is what got me was just like, ah, this is the best. This is the best. Yeah, I'm still trying to convince uh, my oldest to like, come on, like we can, we can go on more bike rides, and and our youngest is like in into it. She's like, yeah, like we could do, we could do the 25 mile, like, and she's like seven. She's like, we'd have to train a lot, and I'm like, you girl are just like right after my own heart, and I'm so into this. Um, so, so the hope is that the family can come up and ride next year as well. So the oldest, we might have to like prod her along a little bit, but <laughs> that's amazing. the youngest one is like into it. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I wanted to, um, get into a little, I heard you on Payson McCullen's podcast and I loved the, 
just talking about the story of realizing I'm the first and I'm also the only and like kind of the thought process that went through your head and even like while you're out there writing like I would love for you to share that a little bit more with our audience kind of like what that what that thought process was for you and then like what it what it ended up meaning to you yeah you know like I said like my cycling story is real short um and you know I, I I wanted to finish but I had done a lot of like personal work around like really kind of understanding that like this is a big undertaking this is a really difficult thing to like riding 100 miles is no joke even just on the road right but riding 100 miles in this kind of terrain in this kind of heat right like all of these things kind of coming together I I had to do a lot of work for myself to be like it's okay if you don't finish um you know like it, it was important to me to kind of have a sense of like, where is that line? Like, I don't want to give up too early. Like if I'm not going to cross the finish line, then I want to, um, I want to have a really clear idea of like, okay, where is that line for me? Um, of like when I can't go any farther. And so that was kind of my intent. It's like, I wanted to go and have fun. And like, that was kind of my like affirmation for the whole ride. Like bikes are fun. Like if I'm not having fun, something's wrong. Like bikes are fun. Um, and that was kind of like also trying to convince myself like bikes are fun. This is fun. Like there are moments I needed convincing. Um, but we, we were literally on the way up to Emporia. Like we were driving up to Emporia and my my fiance was driving and I was like looking up the like start lists or whatever, um, for, for the race. And, and I, and that's when I realized I was the only one. Um, and like, I was the only one in the hundred mile race. And I like, I went and I checked and I'm like scrolling through and pushing all the buttons. And I'm like, there, there's gotta be, there's like 3000 people here. There's gotta be more than just me. Like statistically speaking there. And so I'm like, scrolling through and it was just me um and like at first I like kind of made some jokes I was like well I'm gonna win my category uh which you know is funny right but then it was kind of like oh 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 this is this is like a a world-class event like unbound is not your like local cycling clubs gravel race you know it's it's something really big like people are traveling from all over the country from different countries all over the world and it has this kind of larger than life quality in in the cycling world right and so as that kind of sunk in and how I was the only one started to like sink in it was like oh, this, this is actually important. Um, this, this isn't just about me anymore. Um, this, this is about, about like a larger issue of representation and inclusion. Um, and you know, if, if I hadn't crossed the finish line, like that would have been one thing and I would have had to have been okay with that. But uh 
you know, there was something about that moment as it sank in, then it kind of like solidified this resolve within me that like, it doesn't matter what happens, just finish. Like, it's going to be hard. It's going to, you know, all these things, but like suddenly the finish line, like had more weight. Um, and you know, and I've, I've actually struggled to like find the right word. I don't know how many times I've told this story at this point, like <laughs> life has gotten real weird and a lot of people want to hear this story and I'm, I'm happy to tell it, but this is the piece that like, I'm, I think I struggle with is like, I'm not sure what word to like use here because it's, it's not that I had, it's not that I felt obligated, um, but finishing suddenly felt so much more meaningful um, because it wasn't just about me, you know, it was for my community and for people like me who don't see themselves represented in sport, um, for people like me who don't have a place in sport. And, um, yeah. And so I, I really took that to heart and I took that really seriously. Um, and so, I mean, I think it did kind of shift how I rode because um, there was just kind of this sense. It was like, okay, cross, like make it to the checkpoint on time. And then you have another, like, I don't even know what the checkpoint time cutoff was, but I rolled into the checkpoint about noon. It's like, okay, I have, I have 15 hours to do the next like 50 miles. Like, okay, I can. I can manage that. Like, I'm not a great cyclist, but I can manage that. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it, it was much more, much more focused on, um, you know, conserving energy and making sure that I could, that I could do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a, a, an interesting like shift in perspective for sure. Yeah. Well, I think there is a weightiness to being the first at something, right? Like, I was actually thinking about that with the Olympics because there was a bunch of stuff like, yeah, I think 1984 was the first women's Olympics marathon. And like, you know, just like if you even look at the history of the Olympics and, and women coming up in the Olympics and transgender athletes and all just like being that first there, even like Simone Biles this year, right? Like the first person to say, I'm not competing because of my mental health. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's, there's a weight to that where, you know, you're representing the possibilities for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, um, yeah. I mean, it definitely like, even still talking about it kind of like hits me in my feels and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> Oh man. Mine too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, it's, uh, knowing it's funny because like being part of the the organization team and the event team that puts these things on, it's like, you know, that's, that's our biggest hope and, and, and gravel, even through what unbound has been through in the last year or so it is incredibly inclusive and it's supposed to be. And so if we're not getting it right, we need to keep doing it. And you finishing helped, helps us do our job better. It helps us make it more inclusive. And, you know, so, um, maybe some of that weight you felt was for me because I was like, God, she's, you know, they've got to finish. They've got to finish. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, I think it's true. Well, it lets, it lets us use our platform 
to tell the story and raise awareness and bring more people in. <clears throat> yeah. So it was, a, it was a big deal. Thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. I, like I, you know, I was talking to someone else and they were like, oh, so you like changed your registration. And I was like, actually, I couldn't figure out how to change my registration. And so I sent an email and I was yeah. like, can y'all change it for me? Yep. <laughs> I it's it's, it it's in, in us being the first to go, you know, it, none yeah. of it was easy, even on our end. And we were like, yeah. you know, um, the sign up company run sign up was working with the, it was all like intermingled. And, you know, it's just like, everybody's everybody was like, let's do it. Okay. Now we got to figure out how. Yeah, exactly. And so, and even, you know, like since the race and since, you know, kind of getting some, some publicity and some attention around all this, like other non-binary riders who were at the race and who finished, like they've like reached out to me and they were like, this is so cool. Like I also couldn't figure out how to do the registration and it's, um, you know, I, I, I laugh cause it's like, oh, this is all happening to me because I sent an email, like, which it feels really silly, but it's still like, it's cool that like things are happening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, especially with Unbound and like the size of it, right? Like just the kind of magnitude that this event is in the, in the community, like so many other events are, are like now able to do this better right like mm -hmm. you know even just having register having the you know option at registration when you first sign up right like you didn't know that that needed to happen but you made it work after the fact and now all these other events can make it that much make easier. it happen because yeah yeah yep and sure. and that is you know like that's huge um in just being able to see yourself like reflected. I, I mean, and it's something as little as simple as like a checkbox right. on, on, on a website form. Like that's super important. And I, I mean, I don't like countless people have reached out to me and been like, that's awesome. If I had known that was an option, I would have been there. Mm -hmm. Like if that's an option for me, I'll show up. And it's like, that's like, it's, it's not actually that hard for events to do this. It's just people didn't know. And now people know and will do it. And more people feel safe and welcomed to show up as who they are. Like, yeah. which is, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Like you said, like gravel is supposed to be inclusive. It's for everyone, right? Like it, you don't have to be an elite pro tour cyclist. Like anybody can get on a bike and ride these roads and, and challenge themselves to, to do something like incredible. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I've just like appreciate so much, like unbound taking the lead to really make this push and, and other events are following suit, which is cool. Like we're seeing things change like right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm stoked that I get to like be a part of it. <laughs> it's like, I feel a little silly most days, but it's, um, it's super cool. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love this story. And I think, cause we had Rach McBride last year, we were talking about this a little bit before we came on, on the podcast, 
and they shared their story. Um, and they actually were signed up initially for the unbound the 200, but then with their Canadian, they live in Canada. So with the quarantine issues, it was just really hard to like the border, cross the border. <laughs> um, but I, I also think like Rach gets so much attention, right? Because they're kind of the leader in this field. I think it's cool that it was kind of like an everyday athlete. Yeah. That was the first person because I think like that's where a lot of people can um or well, I know I like how Kristen um calls it the journeyman athlete. Because I think journey people person yeah. journey person athlete. I think people can uh, can identify a little bit more than that. Like Rach, you're you got purple hair and you're out there and you're sponsored by all these companies. We adore Rach. We actually wanted Rach to guest help guest host this podcast, but there are got an Iron Man coming up. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> an Iron Man. But like another uh, job. That and I'm like, oh my God, that looks awful. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested in that one. I can watch, I can watch 200 miles of gravel and be like, uh, okay, I'll do that. But that no. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it does. Like, it is something interesting, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, I've said several times, like, life has gotten weird for me um, <laughs> since Unbound. Um, you Tell know, us about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I want to hear about that. <laughs> well, you know, just like uh, events and people and brands and, and like, they're, uh, you know, I, I, I guess in some, in some respect, like, I, I've become kind of like a lightning rod for the for this movement in this very like particular space like rach has their space like with triathlons and and they're doing a lot of really awesome work on on a much more like pro level and like you mentioned like they're a little unapproachable because they're busy and like this is their job and they're doing it and they're doing it very well um but i'm just like this kind of everyday person right like I've been cycling for like a year. Like I did the math and I think it was like unbound was actually like the day before my like one year cycling anniversary of like when I bought the bike, like it was like technically less than a year. And, you know, when unbound posted, like posted about our, our, our little podium ceremony, um, like my Instagram blew up. Like I was up like seven eight hundred followers like in a day um people were reaching out to me and you know there were like athletes and people who were talking about how uh, how meaningful they thought the story was and and how excited they were that there was a space for them in this sport um there were people uh, there were several events that like reached out and we're asking for support in like, how do, how do we do this? Um, can you, can you help us, you know, tell like, us what to put do. A check, put a box on the registration. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and that's part of it. And, you know, I've actually had the opportunity to, to work with, um, work actually like can kind of consult with a few events awesome. about like what, what goes what happens beyond adding the checkbox? Like, yeah. what does it look like to, to really create an inclusive event? Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because like, this is actually a lot of my work in the other spaces that I work in. Uh, I'm a yoga therapist and I, you know, wrote the world's first like queer inclusive, you know, queer and trans inclusive yoga therapy curriculum. Um, that I present to my school, you know, 
and every couple years, um, I do a lot of this work in the Enneagram community. Um, and so there's like a piece of this that I feel kind of, I feel pretty well equipped for. Um, it's just funny because like in yoga therapy or in the Enneagram world, like I know my shit, like I am like, I don't know how far I would call myself an expert, but like, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. I'm someone you can trust with this information. Um, and then it comes to like cycling and I'm like, I don't know. Bikes are fun. 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 Like let's let bikes be fun for everyone. Um, Hey, that's like the best. Yeah. We make it too too serious sometimes. (laughs) The best advice. Yeah. But that's been, um, you know, like being able to like work with people and help make this a, an easier thing for more events. Like if more events are doing this, right. If this trickles down, then more people can get involved on every level. Yeah. Um, and I can't talk a whole lot about it just yet, but like, I've been working with some brands, um, you know, in order to like use this momentum, um, and, and really try and, and, not only tell this story, but tell an even bigger story, you know, through these different platforms, um, to help, to help make, you know, cycling as inclusive as we want it to be right. Like, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Cause I think, I mean, I think that's really what, that I always hope that this platform does that the unbound platform does is give you that voice and give you that connection and give you those relationships. And <clears throat> you're obviously skilled and capable of, of doing those things. Um, which is important because like, you know, that's, that's the role that you landed in by crossing that finish line. <laughs> yeah. By lining up at the start line and crossing the finish line, both of them, you know, but yeah. Yeah. I appreciate so, that. Definitely. Um, I'm curious. Cause, um, I'm sure this hasn't been all roses. Like I'm sure you've had some haters. How have you dealt with those? Yes. <laughs> haters get blocked. Um, yeah. I mean, again, I'm not, uh, it, haters are nothing new. I mean, sadly, like I'm just as familiar with the shitty messages and comments and, you know, emails and all of that. Like I, I, that has been a near constant in my life since coming out. Um, yeah. And I, I try not to talk about it too much because I don't think that that's important. Um, occasionally I think it's helpful for people to understand that it still happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I still get shit from people. Um, I mean, in a fairly, uh, regular fashion, but you know, I'm not going to waste my time on that. Um, that's not important. There are, you know, everyone in my community knows it happens. And, and my goal with any of this, with anything is, is to, I mean, it's to serve and support my community and getting bogged down in that stuff. Doesn't, it doesn't help my community because we're all bogged down in it. Um, and so my, my goal and my focus is to, stay focused on the work and what we can do to make things better. And, you know, how can we 
how can I help support people so that when that shit happens to them, uh, they have the tools to handle it. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely not all roses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I like you, you block them and that you ignore them. I also want to just say to people, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. No. Just keep your trap shut. It's not that hard. I have a feeling that like the people listening to this podcast are not the people we need to work with. Maybe we just don't need to wear t-shirts around like that for a while again to remind people like, hey, when you were growing up and your mom said that to you, it still applies. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and I think like there's a reality of the the non-binary category and the non like that's a newer conversation in our society. So I think that there really are people that don't understand. And sometimes when you don't understand something, you react out of fear or yeah. what you've been taught growing up instead of like getting to know somebody and understanding their story. And um, which is one of the reasons that I wanted, you know, to have you on because I grew up in a small conservative town. And so I know it wasn't until much later in life that I experienced a lot of things. It was through relationships that yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, this isn't as like, I was taught this was wrong, but this isn't like, yeah. right. But it was because I had relationships with people, not because somebody was yelling at yeah. me on social media. We well, didn't have exactly. that back when I was growing up. <laughs> right. Like, nobody was yelling on social media then. I know. Thank God. Right. <laughs> well, and I think there's, you know, I, I don't, you know, there's part of me that like, doesn't, I don't know how I want to say this. Like, you know, as far as like the, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. It's like, there's something about the the last few years where, um, there, there's just been a lot of not nice things said. Um, and honestly, I think that it's actually been really valuable to see how, um, how ingrained these things still are. Like, I think I live in Austin, Texas, right. That's definitely a, a, a very like blue political bubble in a very red state for the rest of texas yeah right Uh, (laughs) outside austin you're like things get weird outside of austin and uh they think austin's weird (laughs) right and it's like okay um i think a lot of people um you know a lot of people listening to this podcast who are like nodding their head in agreement like it's really easy to uh, assume that things are a lot better than they are um and that like oh like you know we've, we've ended racism and we've ended homophobia and transphobia and like, we can all live happily ever after. And, you know, that kind of the, the stuff that I get, like, and the stuff that everyone in my community gets and, you know, the kind of screaming on the internet, like it really shows that like, no, we, we still have a lot of work to do, um, in in all of these areas. And, and I don't think that it's, I mean, it sucks to experience, don't get me wrong. And I can see the value of these things coming to light um, so that we can actually come together as a community and work with them and and create real and lasting change, like you said, through these relationships um, and the, you know, the the power that's behind that, right? Like, yeah, so, yeah. Now, there was a woman in our face. We have a private Facebook group uh, and there was a woman in there, transgender athlete, and she posted something and like, there were a bunch of com like a lot of supportive comments, but some comments that were like, I don't think women, you know, like the whole categories thing, like that whole conversation, it got reported. 
as flagged. And I was like, well, it's not like, it's a, dis- it's a disagreement. It's not a disagreement that I agree with, but like, you know, so I reached out to the, to the woman, the original post. I said, do you want me to take this off? Like it's, and she said, no, I want people to see the things that I come up against and there's nothing like horrible or mean or hateful, um, in there. It's just like, people need to understand kind of what exactly what you were saying. Like we kind of get, if if we live in our bubble where Mm -hmm. everybody kind of believes the same thing we do, then we're like, well, everything's fine. Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. I I definitely think that, you know, there's a piece of like, if something does cross the line into like hateful or whatever, like, yeah, take that shit down. Like that's not helping anyone. But a lot of times, I mean, even on social media, you can get a feel for like when someone just doesn't understand or hasn't had those relationships versus someone who's like actively, you know, disregarding my humanity. Um, and you know, you, you have to kind of know that line because at some point, yeah, like we want to be able to have discourse and have a conversation and say, you, here's all the reasons why trans women are women and belong in women's sports. Um, you know, and, so much of the time, like, you know, they say knowledge is power. And if you don't have knowledge, you don't have that power. You don't have that understanding. Like you said, you react out in fear. And, you know, so much of the discourse around this conversation is really stoked by misinformation and fear. Um, and so, you know, it, sometimes it can be helpful, like leave those comments up, have a, have a, a civil discourse about it. And, you know, things turn south haters get blocked, you know, (laughs) I want to get to the Enneagram stuff. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because I have, yeah, like I'm, I'm super curious, um, because you're an Enneagram coach. Yes. And that's the book that you finished writing. Yeah. So, um, to my friend, Cassie Kratz, who I'm sure will be listening to this, this is your, this is your person, Cassie, (laughs) you know, about Enneagrams. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, what do you want to know? Like what's, so if yeah. people don't know what they need, give like the two minute of what the Enneagram yeah. is, what is people don't it? know. What is it? And then we can all tell which one we are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the Enneagram is a, uh, it's a personality typing system kind of, uh, at the most basic level. Um, but essentially at kind of a deeper level, the Enneagram itself is a symbol and, the symbol is it, it's like sacred geometry. Um, there have been like mystics and other like, uh, you know, spiritual teachers who've taught this symbol as uh, it's about to get real woo woo for anybody who's listening. <laughs> um, it's the manifestation of energy in the universe. Like this is how all things come to be. Like they emerge, they read, they define, and then they die out and the cycle continues. Um, but what's interesting about it is that it also really outlines very clearly um, nine very distinct personality types, or sometimes, depending on who you're talking to, it might be called neuroses um, <laughs> that we humans fall into. Um, and essentially, uh, kind of drawing from some, some like Eastern mysticism, like the you know, desert mothers and fathers of Christianity, the Sufism, um, you know, Kabbalah out of Judaism, 
kind of leaning on this Eastern spirituality and combining it with Western psychology, uh, Enneagram teachers have developed this system that helps us to see um, our unconscious patterns and learn how to uh, work with those in order to live a more um, a more intentional and meaningful life. Um, the whole kind of premise of the Enneagram is that we're asleep and we're all just kind of functioning out of our patterns um, and that we, we have only very few moments where we're actually uh, present and in control of what we're doing. And most of the rest of the time, it's just kind of this pattern behavior that's running. Um, and it, uh, it helps you to see those patterns and to catch those patterns in the moment so that you can choose something um, that is maybe more appropriate or even uh, more loving and more caring and more connective. Yeah, so there's my rundown of the Enneagram. I, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I also like that what you said, like, so you can choose something better or more, yeah, said it more eloquently than I just did. But I think sometimes, like, what's we take a person personality test, we're like, well, that's just how I am, but it's like, well, actually, yeah, you can yeah that is how you are, and that's why you, now you know, <laughs> and that's why your life yeah, kind you of know. sucks. <laughs> but I think, um, am I remembering uh, this correctly? Like, there's the Enneagram, like, when you're operating when you're healthy, like the good qualities, and then you can kind of like, when you're unhealthy, like yeah. these qualities that you don't really want to see will come out and you can start to identify in your life. Like, like, for example, my, like I've been really had a ton of stress the last few weeks and I was like, I know I've gone really negative and like everything, the, yeah. the everything is just terrible. And my boss was like, actually you're, you just get really quiet. And I'm like, well, in my head, I'm really negative. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the things that kind of sets the Enneagram apart, um, from, like your Myers-Briggs or your Strengths Finder or DISC or, you know, there's all these different kind of like very corporate personality assessments that people are really, you know, they're kind of in the, you know, in people's understanding um, is that the Enneagram is, it, it's dynamic mm -hmm. by its very nature. Um, you know, even the symbol itself, the, the reason I start with the like woo woo description is because it gets at this like dynamic nature of it. It's like, yes, this is where you are right now. And this is what you look like when things are going really well. And this is what you look like when things are not going so well. And here is a path that you can take to move towards growth and towards integrating um, you know, all of these parts of yourselves, um, and how to live a life that, that is more, um, more fulfilling, more, uh, intentional. Um, I mean, those are always the words that I come back to, cause that's mm -hmm. kind of what, uh, it's really done for me. Like it improves relationships and makes you a better parent and makes you a better athlete, right? Like understanding, these kind of unconscious patterns and knowing what to do about them when they start doing their thing. Um, you know, the ability to actually change and grow is what makes this so valuable. Nice. Okay. Let's all say what our Enneagram <laughs> are. Are we going to like, 
are we gonna like reveal it like one two three we're all gonna say it at the same time or like can we just say it like you can we can just say christy you start i'm an eight or i'm also i i also identify as an eight okay so the eight is i'm gonna we can probably just tell us but i'm gonna read off this thing i found the powerful dominating type self-confident decisive willful and confrontational (laughs) yeah how do you see how do you Just how do you, um, like in a healthy Enneagram, like if you're being healthy, like, you know how to control that. Right. But like, do y'all have any things where you see like, Ooh, that's when it gets a little out of control or that's when I know that I'm not operating in a healthy way. Like, what are your signs? Personally? Um, and Chrissy, don't feel like you have to answer this. I have to answer these questions like every day for my job. So it's very run of the mill for me to say things like this. Um, I can answer for Christy. When Tim tells her to call me back because she was short with me on the phone. (laughs) Uh, That's the thing that's kind of interesting about the Enneagram is because it at some point, like it's gonna call you on your shit. And it might get a little uncomfortable, right? Like there are some things that are like, oh, like as you find your type, there's gonna be something pretty cringeworthy in it for you. Um, and I think for me, the like negative aspects of myself and, and of this like personality type in general, uh, I hate saying this, but it's the truth. Like they come out the most with my kids. Mm. Like that is where I am the most like hard assed, like it is this way because I said, it's this way. You're going to listen to me because I'm in charge. And it's like, first of all, that does not work with kids right it's just it's it's a fool's errand it's totally dumb but it like it comes out of something that like i can't even i'm not even super aware of it just was kind of like oh and then a second later i'm like why did i say that like what and it is very like deep and gut reactive and so for me a lot of the work that i'm doing now revolves on how i relate to my kids like i've done a lot of work in other areas so that i don't come off as super domineering and control freak and rageaholic, <laughs> right? Like all of these. Christy, I'm glad you're laughing. Uh, it's, it's, I just realized that my brother is an Enneagram eight after living here with him for like the last six weeks with my niece. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, well, that's what it is. Enneagram eight. And my sister-in-law is whatever the one that's super compassionate. And I'm like, they're like conflicting over parent all the time. I'm like, they're going to read you. They might hire you, Abby. Okay. I mean, please do. This is, this has been great. Um, but yeah, you know, I've done a lot of work in all these other areas and you know, there's, there's always work to be done, um, you know, personally and out in the world. And this is where, where I'm at. It's like working with my kids and trying to be more compassionate, um, like in the moment. And it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I can do it. And then I can't, I can do it. And then I can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, if if you're a good friend of mine, you know, I'm an eight and you know, when I do that, that I'm not doing it because I'm mad at you or that I'm just doing it because that's just what I do the way I do. Yeah. And it's not, it's not okay, but yeah. You know, and I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of friends like learn the hard way that like, I will push you right? Like I'll get up in your face. Mm-hmm. And what I actually want from you is for you to push back, not like cower and scurry away. Right. But rarely does that happen. Like 
I like, oh, you're supposed to come back at me. We're supposed yeah, to. Yeah. Right. And like it, to an eight's mind, it's like, yeah, of course that makes sense. If I push you, you're going to push back. And then we, then I get what I want. And everyone else is like, you just pushed me. What the hell I'm leaving. And I'm like, that was not what I intended. <laughs> wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Rewind. Rewind. What? <laughs> well, the, the way I just, I have to tell the story because I'm sure Cassie's going to listen to this, but she um, really uh, took an interest in Enneagram during the, during COVID. And, and mm-hmm. one day she's like, I, I want you to take this test. I'm like, I'm not taking this test. <laughs> and she's like, I want you to take the test. I mean, she would not stop. And she's like, I think you're an eight. And I'm like, oh my God, she is not going to stop till I take the test. I'm like, yeah. pull it up. I take a test. I'm like, I'm an eight. And she's like, oh, I knew it. Like, and it's <laughs> You're like, this explains a lot. Yeah. And then she's, she's like, she's a four. And I'm like, oh, you're a total four. But, you know, yeah. I'm like, so it's, it's just been funny because she, you know, she brings it up and all of us kind of roll our eyes. But at the same time, the truth is, is there's been some very much helpfulness to it in, in yeah. our friends group, understanding how each of us like naturally trends. So yeah, Catherine, what are you? I'm a three, which is the success oriented pragmatic type adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. <laughs> First thing I said was I look horrible <laughs> on the call we got on. But the fact that you've mentioned it lets us know that you are image conscious. <laughs> yeah. I would have shown up. I mean, I'm showing up looking like me and I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> Get out of my way. <laughs> I will say like the pra- pragmatic, pragmatic, because uh, I don't know when this might come out after our trip, but as Christina knows, I've had this like whole disaster in my travels with my car and all this stuff. And I'm so pragmatic. I'm like, this doesn't make sense if I can't get the trip. And I'm like, I'm making this like six times harder on myself trying to figure out how to do this trip in Colorado. Like then if I just like went with what doesn't make the most logical sense, but would mm-hmm. just be fun. <laughs> so I shoot myself in the foot a lot. Like <laughs> I try to make, I'm too pragmatic about it. Or I'm like, you know, and three is like to play the game on hard mode. Like they want to prove to everybody that they can do it. So oh, they yeah. intentionally make things harder on themselves than they need to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I will like your bike will, will fit in that damn bag, Catherine. <laughs> Just like put it in the bag. <laughs> she says my bike will fit in this bag. It's a road bike bag, not a gravel bike bag. I'm like, it's the same. No, it's a tri bike bag. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It will fit. <laughs> I'm like, when this is like the unhealthy because I've had a lot of stress. <laughs> so I'm like laying on the garage floor last night. Like everything's horrible. I can't even go on this trip. Yeah. That's not, yes. That is like quintessential three. Like when things have, when the shits hit the fan, they're just like, I'm going to be glued to the couch. I'm going to lay down and not move. So then I went and got my eight brother and I was like, get this bag, bike in this bag. Yeah. <laughs> We're good at doing things. I will yeah, say it was like, I was like, I'm I don't think insane problem solver. you got a problem. I will fucking solve. Oh, it's taken yeah. Oh yeah. I Christy's like, it. like 4 30 in the morning. I get a text message from Christy, like trying to problem solve my trip to Colorado. <laughs> I'm like, here's what you got to do early. Yeah. It's, it's bullet points done. And it's taken care of like that's Thank how you. we approach the situation. And we're usually right. Yes. I <laughs> might not like it, but it'll work. It's so bad. <laughs> it was funny getting the bike in the bag too, though, because there was like, like one of the cables was sticking out of the back. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, no, we're zip tying it in. And then we're, I was like, 
I will, I may never get this bike back into the bag the way it was before, but okay, we'll, we'll get it there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, this has been so fun. We could talk Enneagram all day. Um, but I think we need to have, we need to have Abby come do God. Like some sort of Enneagram session with the live by CT. I think it'd be, incredible. Oh, that'd be so fun. I, I really want to know what Celine is, although I'm pretty sure she's an eight as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> you gotta be careful with too many eights in one room. Like it, it could be explosive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, ha- if people now want to hire you or find out more about Enneagram, where do they go to find you and to follow you on social and all the things? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, my like work work is all at conscious Enneagram, um, conscious Enneagram.com. Uh, my book is called the conscious Enneagram. That's my Instagram handle, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, yeah. And then like my bike stuff is like over in a little Instagram corner at queer gravel. And that's where I post all the like videos of me riding my bike. Um, yeah, I, I think I still think that that's really funny because it, it really just started as like, here's me trying to train for Unbound. And now it's like people are I noticed, listening I to what I say. Early, yeah, we started, I think Unbound started following you fairly. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah cool. So fun. Are yeah. you, um, you going to be at any other events this year? Actually, uh, I will be at Rebecca's Private Idaho at uh, the first weekend in September nice um and there are some more events that i might be at this year i'm not sure we're still kind of like hammering things out this was not part of the plan by the way (laughs) like my plan was like do unbound and then back to work life continues and i might do unbound next year if i liked it the first time but now it's like there are people who uh are willing to support me to go and do some of this stuff, um, and have some more of these conversations and talk with these people and do this kind of work. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to be like, okay. Um, so there might be a few more events, um, after RPI, but I will definitely, uh, I have a little bit better idea of what next year looks like. I'll be at the mid South. I'll definitely be at unbound again. You got to defend right <laughs> well, well here's okay here's the thing here's the thing that my fiance is a little mad at me about i want to go for the 200 so we'll see how that goes <laughs> like here's hoping i can train enough to make that realistic yeah um well yeah little known fact mid-south was designed to be a test run for unbound so when you go to that, you're supposed to see where you're at in your training and yeah. if you're on track. So if you're going to Mid-South, you're, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a good like litmus test to be like, yeah. okay, I got to ramp it up or no, I'm, I'm good or yeah. we'll, we'll see. Or like, this is totally out of the realm of possibility. That could be part of it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. Christy, do you know one thing that I'm really sick of? What is that? All the freaking trends and that are coming out in wellness. Like, Ethan, uh, avoid that. I don't even yeah, know where to start. I, yeah, I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust. Yeah. But we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you, have you yes. done your stuff? Yeah, I'm so stoked. Yeah. 
So Inside Tracker is our new sponsor and they're going to cut through all the noise and they're going to analyze our blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. And then we get personalized science-backed trackable action plans for how we should eat, age, we need that, and perform better. I know. I'm excited. It's The cool thing about it is it's, it's cheaper and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, they include biomarkers that are key to performance. So, so information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, and I think my favorite part is that they're not just going to give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise. Yes. I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them. Right. Exactly. Yep. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, and the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. You just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an inside job. Start on the inside. You have been listening to the girls gone gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at live feisty media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast and be sure to follow us at girls gone gravel on Instagram or Facebook.